0: Hello there. This is Cassia.
1: And this is Brian.
0: Welcome to the Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Spoiler alert for Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films, TV shows, and all other media.
0: This is where the fun begins.
1: Hello there, and welcome to the Hawk Podcast. We are at the end of our proposed trilogy. How exciting is that?
0: We're at at the beginning of the end of our proposed trilogy.
1: Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's true, yeah. We are at the beginning of the end. So if we want to get, you know, kind of our Act 3 sorted. We're going to have to do a little bit of an overview for everyone, uh, kind of lay this thing out, um, see what we want to see in the film, you know, go through the locations, talk about the characters, uh, go over inspirations. You know, we did it for act one, we did it for act two, and now we're on to the grand finale. So Cassia, we're getting ready to talk about act three. We're going in, we have to make pitches for this thing. Uh, So what do you say? Should we go over our elevator pitches? Let's get this thing started.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> the first elevator pitch I I wrote down I crossed out, and I'm just gonna say it in like the old kind of like movie announcement voice. It's like the elevator pitch was the epic conclusion and grand finale of the KOTOR trilogy, and I'm like, no, that's too oh, <laughs> it's too overdone, you know? No, like, I, I like it, that. It's not it's not specific enough. So mine hmm. is the my second draft is the fates of Revan, Karth, Bastila and the galaxy are revealed in the conclusion of the KOTOR trilogy.
1: Okay, I like it. You know, it uh lays out what we've got going on, you know, very straight to the point. And yeah, I think that that kind of sums it all up right there.
0: What is yours?
1: All right. So, for mine, let's see. Mine <laughs> mine's a little bit more grandiose, but but here we go. So, we have The third and final installment of our KOTOR trilogy, Act 3. The story picks up with our characters at their lowest point as the fate of the galaxy hangs in the balance. We get to see our new planet, Korriban, the backbone of the Sith. We find an ancient civilization on an unknown world. We have a chance at redemption, a final confrontation. And, you know, it's been chasing us from the beginning of act one uh this is a box office smash guaranteed we're going to get spinoffs books games uh everything coming off of the uh tail end of our third installment here so uh let's wrap up the knights of the old republic cinematic adaptation
0: so i think yours was better than mine so
1: <laughs> i'm trying for a big as budget as possible
0: yeah that, that that's a good thing to keep in consideration. So for those keeping score at home uh, for elevator pitches, it's probably Brian one Cassia zero. So uh, yeah, but no, what no. did you title? What, what's the title of your act three?
1: Okay. So for my act three, um, I'm going, I'm sticking with the theme of, you know, a single word um, went for another R word. So I'm going to go with uh Knights of the Old Republic act three, Redemption. Uh, so we did uh, Recovered, Recovery for Act 1, Revelation for my Act 2, and Redemption for Act 3. So they're all, you know, kind of tied together, a uh, single word. Um, they all start with R. Maybe you get a subliminal uh, Revan in there. I don't know for sure. But uh, Redemption, I think it paints a good story, a good picture of what's going on in this one. And, I yeah, I think it's uh, nice and snappy. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about Redemption?
0: Huh. Yeah, it's poetic and I don't know I guess there has been solo, but with like even though it's not like episodes movies, 'cause we're we're calling them acts, you know? Mm-hmm. But um it I feel like this would be less of like a spin off than like solo and rogue one. So I don't think there's been like single word titles, but maybe that's something they could do to switch things up in the future. But yeah. uh my My title is The Star Forge. Okay. And the title of my act two was Across the Stars. I feel like that title would be ripped from my hands, like probably by some studio executive. But I'm like, let me have this, you know? Uh, And I think like my original title for act one was The Mysterious Stranger. But I was like, maybe to keep with my star theme, act one would be the star map. So it's like the star map across the stars and the star forged to kind of like, kind of keep it focused in on the goal of the, like the quest mm-hmm. and then kind of like the force dyad, the force bond uh, kind of connection that gets kind of entailed in, in the story, you know? So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I I like that giving it, you know, a a real note of like a specific place or a specific thing from, you know, the episode or the act. Um I think is a pretty good nod and that would, you know, spawn some good uh movie poster art, I think. And yeah. uh you know, that's always good for sure. So Yeah. What do you say let's um let's get into this thing. So we finished our act 2, uh so we had just gotten off of the Leviathan. Uh Bastila has you know, taking a turn uh, to the dark side. She's with Malik. Everyone else is, you know, kind of aboard the Ebon Hawk going, you know, trying to figure out where we are. And that's where Act 3 kind of picks up. So Cassia, from, you know, kind of the opening, opening credits, we've talked about how, you know, we would handle a crawl, you know, doing some different artwork or different glyphs, uh, things like that. But how do you think that this film opens, right, from, from where we were at the, you know, the end of the last film, how how does this one open up?
0: I almost wonder if it would need to be a cold open without opening credits. And, like, maybe that's, like, Star Wars blasphemy. But mm-hmm. how I imagine in the opening of the third film is it's in space. You see Revan's flagship, and, like, it's kind of like a shuttle. Maybe it's evocative of the opening of... uh. I guess The Force Awakens kind of slightly and kind of combined with uh, Episode 3, you know? It's, like, mm-hmm. kind of a, like a shuttle just weaving uh, through a big battle. Maybe not as big as the Battle of Coruscant, but uh, just, like, it's a Jedi Strike team, like, getting into uh, Revan's flagship. It's Bastila and the Jedi Strike team, and they get onto the ship kind of just barely. They kind of have to... Um, The Jedi with Bastila fight the Sith on board, and eventually Bastila and the team make it to the bridge, but eventually it's kind of just down to, like, one-on-one Bastila and Revan, and you think, like, it's like, oh, we're in for, like, a grand, you know, lightsaber fight, let's see what's gonna happen, you know, like a a neophyte, well, not a neophyte Padawan, but a Padawan still the same, you know, Uh, but... Uh, Gifted with battle meditation and then a dark lord of the Sith. It's kind of like things are about to begin, but then Malik's betrayal happens. And then you kind of see Pasla gets flung over, but then she's like, is this is this person alive? Is this a person like who is Revan, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of just see like Revan's alive, but barely And like she decides to spare him. It's kind of like an interesting moment because I really don't want Bastila to be like, oh, this guy's too hot to die. You know, like even though like a romance does like happen down the line, I don't want any Mm -hmm. of that. It's just like it's just an act of mercy here, you know. Um, So then you see like her use the force to heal him and then the bond forms. And then you see Bastila Solo kind of carrying Revan away and then it gets a little bit more impressionistic from there like you see the Jedi Council creating a new identity for Revan and then Revan is a soldier on the Endar Spire and then maybe you could kind of show like Basil is keeping an eye on him like from afar like Revan doesn't really know that she's there like Not like she's, like, following him around, but, like, maybe, like, she sees him, like, enter the ship for the first time, like, kind of around some from a distance and kind of knows what's happening and, like, he has no clue what's happening, you know, and then maybe she could uh, have Trask Olgo appear, you know, and she could kind of give Trask, maybe not the full rundown, but, like, she kind of tells him, like, this guy is very important, you need to keep him alive no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of leads into, like, the Endar Spire under attack, and then flashbacks kind of throughout uh, Act 1 and 2, kind of, like, the story up to that point, like, the the bond, you know, like, and the star map, and then it kind of shows, like, Bastila and Malik's ship, and then it would go to Korriban, like, in my mind, like, the, the bond doesn't exist right then, but... Why I would open it that way is you kind of, like, get the whole rundown and you get to visually see uh, the bond be formed and, like, what it means to the characters even when things are kind of broken between them and the bond and their relationship is kind of in tatters and, like, you just see one person, like, on the dark and then one is kind of, like, kind of, like, in between light and dark.
1: Mm -hmm. I like the idea of having kind of a cold open a lot in films that they're done well, and it kind of, you know, brings you up to speed really quick. But I like kind of having this, it's kind of like a flashback, but it's it's more of just like a mental flashback, right? Because, you know, Revan has just found out that he's Revan at the very end of our last film. So he's kind of, you know, going through these memories and starting to piece together this stuff in his head. So I, I see it, you know, kind of the same way where it's going, you know, kind of from the strike team, but, you know, maybe a little bit uh, quicker. And then it, you know, kind of eventually ends up with, you know, Revan laying in his bunk aboard the Evan Hawk or something like that. Or, you know, he's sitting at the Jajarik table, you know, uh, just kind of daydreaming, you know, thinking about all of this stuff. And then, you know, maybe Car says we're coming into Corban and that's where you get like the, you know, act three kind of title card uh, kind of thing. But yeah, for me, I, I like the idea of opening it on kind of this, you know, memory to do a little bit of a recap of what's happened, but also to give you some backstory, you know, because as the audience, we, you know, uh, we just got this, you know, bombshell news that Revan was Revan too. So to give it a little bit of context, I think would be really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of me, like, maybe this is obvious, but like all Star Wars films begin in space. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I was like, you can begin with like the the characters tra- the Jedi strike team trying to get onto Revan's flagship. And then Mm -hmm. maybe it could end with like Bastila from the past with blue eyes. And then like, she opens her eyes and they're yellow, you know, maybe that could be the space part, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I would actually have open like with Revan, like, uh, actually on Korriban already. Um, Okay. And Korriban, like in my mind, is very evocative of, of Egypt, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, is it the Valley of the Kings? Yeah, I think yeah. it's the Valley of the Kings.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It definitely has those vibes for me uh, as well. So uh, let's let's get on to Korriban here. So kind of just... Just what we have going on on Korriban, you know, kind of in the game and, you know, some things we're going to have to address here in the film. Kind of the key plot point is we need to get into the Sith Academy and gain access to uh, the Valley of the Dark Lords. Um, and that's where we're going to find, you know, this you know, next piece of the star map to figure out how to get to the Star Forge. So that's kind of the, you know, you know, the bulk of what we're going to Korriban to do. But Cassie, do you think there's anything else that's important that we need to cover there in terms of, you know, plot points or things that you really want to see or, you know, things that stick out from the game that you're excited to see visually. Uh, what do you think about Corban? Kind of, you know, kind of what it looks like and uh, what we're going to do there.
0: For me, it it's kind of like Egypt with a red sun, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. if I had to imagine a lens filter, kind of like an orange, orangey red filter, and that's what it kind of looks like and it evokes like the Valley of the Kings with like all the massive like is it megaliths? Though I think that that's massive things of stone but like I'm thinking like massive statues, you know, mm-hmm. and like pyramids, but that's how I imagine it looking like like people could have a lot of fun with it. I mean unreal cinema like uh I think they've realized like a really cool corbon in the unreal engine but mm-hmm. What I think the plot is Revan has to dig deep to figure out who he used to be while infiltrating the Sith Academy on the Dark Side's homeworld. And I think you would have a vision of who he used to be, who he is, and who he will be, and like he kinda has to make the synthesis, you know? Mm-hmm. And you kinda just have to keep it like it's a, they're there to find the star map. It's the final star map. It's the last piece of the puzzle. And then, like, that's how they get to the Star Forge. And I think everyone knows it's going to come to a head. And even though I don't think the, the party knows that is joined the dark side, but I, I think they just know it's going to come to a head and, like, things are going to go down, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, so the Valley of the Kings is a, a really good way to to do it. And I this section of, you know, the game from all the way back, you know, is really interesting looking. You have these big, huge um, you know, statues, these big, giant tombs of these, you know, ancient Sith Lords. So, yeah, it's, it's going to look really neat. And I think it's going to be neat to, you know, get into the kind of Sith Academy. I don't know that we see any direct reference to Revan, like, inside of the Sith Academy, but I think that you could do... Uh, You could play with some lighting and maybe have everything kind of overcast and like purple and red, uh, you know, color schemes and tapestries and, you know, inlays like inside of, you know, the academy and inside of the temples to, you know, kind of play off of, you know, Darth Revan's uh, color scheme. Um, And maybe this is a place where he's going to, he's kind of started to put the pieces together a little bit, but maybe, you know, it's going to kind of come flooding back to him, you know, just how powerful he was and how he basically you know, at one point was kind of the, uh, you know, top leader of this place.
0: Yeah. And I think it's kind of like he's going to have to kind of come to terms with who he is, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he could, like, become the leader of the Sith, or he could be the perfect Jedi, or he can be what I imagine, like, is the correct answer in, like, in my, my story. Like, what the movie is is, like... He becomes the best version of himself, but I mean he's still rebbin, you know, so it's a synthesis.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think it would be interesting to to keep the film sort of cryptic on how he's feeling. I think you and I both kind of envision him getting to the same place ultimately, but I think just kind of this, you know, just he had just had this realization of who he really was and then immediately being flung into, you know, the like I said, kind of the the backbone of the Sith that's really going to kind of play on his psyche and you know you're just left kind of questioning where he's where his head is at right now um especially having just lost Bastila you know kind of his you know the other the other half of himself you know just having lost her is that going to you know kind of veer him in a direction that's going to frighten the rest of the team uh i don't know but i think that that could be you know kind of an interesting way to to play it and kind of amp up some extra tension here that we're uh, going to have on Korriban.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you watch Return of the Jedi, you see Luke's costume. It's kind of like a mix of, like, Obi-Wan's costume and uh, Darth Vader, and it's all black, mm-hmm. um, which is to kind of, like, subliminally have the viewers, like, questioning, like, what's happening? Like, is Luke going to go bad is he gonna go good and then like at the very end like you see like uh luke's costume a little bit of it falls away and it shows it was white underneath so it shows like he he was like good all along you know Mm -hmm. so i kind of see it like uh maybe like people on the team like maybe he's not exactly dark sidey you know but he's just kind of remembering and kind of Maybe flirting with the dark side or just kind of remembering like the old boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of exploring who he is.
1: Yeah, I think all this stuff's just going to kind of come, you know, rushing back to him for sure. And that'll be interesting. And we do have one other kind of storyline going on on korban for one of our main trio here so we have karth and he is going to be you know reunited with his son in some capacity or another um karth had always thought you know that he you know perished on planet along with his wife but as it turns out you know he was uh recruited to uh join up with the sith and he is here on Corban at the you know the sith academy so uh, do you have any good ideas for how you think that's going to play out or what does that, you know, confrontation look like, and how do you think it goes?
0: My uh, fan cast for nassi is Kit Young.
1: Okay,
0: he played Jasper in Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my my fan cast for Dustiloneasy. And okay, um, for Carth, I kind of think like when Carth uh, runs into Dustil, Dustil will s- help soften Carth to Reven. And without really knowing it, like Bastila, like Mm -hmm. he's going to start to believe in second chances. Like maybe not all is lost. And I think it'll be cathartic for Karth because he thought everything was lost, but it wasn't like he didn't lose his wife and son. He he's able to reunite with his son and like he's kind of able to correct the situation Mm -hmm. and... I don't know if that would mean like Dustal would join the crew, but maybe Dustal's gonna be like, I need to think things through, or maybe he comes back to help his dad, you know, fight in the Battle of the Starforge, like with him in the Hawk, and they can bond and like be in the Evan Hawk together, kind of fighting from the outside. I don't know, maybe that could happen, but mm-hmm. um, and then maybe Juhani like maybe Balea could have fallen to the dark side or something, or maybe she has to deal with the dark side once again on Korriban. But coming out of Korriban, I think it's like people are going to have to deal with like visions of the past, present and future, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe quite literally with Revan, you know, but like I think they're going to come out of Korriban and it's almost like maybe, like, they're re they're all reborn there, you know? It's, like, a valley, like, where there's just tombs of the Dark Lords, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. in a way, it's, like, the old self is dying and then they're being reborn. So, like, my film inspiration was kind of, like, the end of Inception, where you kind of just, like, everything is, like, clear and, like, kind of clarified for the audience. Like, when you see Killian Murphy's character kind of, like... Get the idea to sell his company. I guess even though it wasn't like his idea, you know, but he mm-hmm. just like kind of looks calm on the plane. I was like, oh, I if we can capture that, that would be good, you know. But yeah, that that's what I would say. And a visual metaphor I think I could think of is like the Eben Hawk kind of has like a in Act One, it's like a white and orange kind of paint job. Mm-hmm. And then when they have to escape the the Leviathan, like in my mind in my mind, it's like they either have to go through the engine, so they kind of have to go through like the crucible of the Leviathan. So it's almost like the ship kind of gets burnt.
1: Mm-hmm. So like
0: the layer of like white and orange kind of peels away, and it kind of reveals like a black uh, ship underneath. You know, where mm-hmm. it's like a black paint job. But I was like, maybe in the third one, they can like kind of paint it like. White, orange, and black, and it's kind of like the, the black kind of represents Revan's time as, like, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith, and then, like, the white and orange represents, like, the the new identity that Revan was given, and then, like, they could do a new paint job to, like, make their ship not stick out as much, but then, like, mm-hmm. like kind of not quite hiding it, but it's just kind of like they're restating the identity, so it's kind of like a, a synthesis of the identity, but maybe right. I'm just thinking of how do I get as many like Lego, you know, <laughs> yeah, dice opportunities out of this, you know? Because I'm like, there's just so many like gray starships. Yeah. Let's let's have some color, or maybe just pure black. And spoiler alert for the Star Forge, like I'm like we're gonna make that bronze, so it's not just a hulking gray oh. statue. So.
1: Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, yeah, I, I like kind of those uh, visual metaphors, those are always fun to play with and kind of pick apart as you uh, watch films. So I'm definitely in for that. Um, So, you know, Karth meets his son there. Um, I think ultimately he's going to, you know, get him to abandon the Sith and uh, get out of there, you know, rescue him. And I think that that kind of fulfills, you know, Karth's kind of journey that we started to see him, you know, kind of going down, you know, this, this path of darkness kind of in, you know, in our second film adaptation. So this is kind of Karth's opportunity for redemption to, you know, save his son and, you know, save what's left of, you know, his actual, uh, you know, family. Um, And I think that uh, that's going to be really good to see. Um, Now, as far as my film inspirations for this section goes, I was... I was going for more of like a visual type of feel. Um, And I know that we've referenced the Indiana Jones uh, films like uh, hundreds of times now. But uh, my inspiration is just the Temple of Doom, just kind of for the way that it feels. It's kind of, you know, cryptic, a little bit darker as we're going through these tombs. You know, lots of, you know, flames and, you know, kind of ambient lighting and things as we're making our way through the, you know, the Sith you know, enclave and into the Valley of the Dark Lords and going through these uh, tombs. And I think that there's going to be kind of an era of adventure um, because as you go through these tombs, you know, there are different uh, booby traps and droids, patrol droids and, you know, that kind of stuff we're working to, you know, figure out. And uh, there are a lot of artifacts, you know, that we could stumble across, which I think would be really interesting and kind of lean into that Indiana Jones, uh, you know, kind of mentality there but yeah, the big takeaway for Corban for me is just you know Revan spending time there and you know getting thrust back into this you know new identity that he's just remembered that he had.
0: Yeah, that's why I would just think I would start with Revan maybe with uh, Juhani and Candarus in the valley of the is it the Valley of the Dark Lords?
1: Yeah, I believe it's I believe it's the Valley of the Dark Lords, I think is.
0: Yeah. and just going into a tomb. And Mm -hmm. maybe some of the characters are like, is this a good idea? And then they end up kind of like finding some old staff or something and then they turn it in. And then that's how you meet like Euthora and get the sense that this is an evil Hogwarts. And then Mm -hmm. eventually like they would, when they find the star map, it's kind of like they found the map to themselves, I guess. And like Revan is kind of more sure of who he is and then they they kind of know where to go from there like the, the mm-hmm. final location so yeah
1: yeah but I'm, I'm really excited for Corban just to see it on film because I think it's a an interesting location and uh there's a lot of different avenues to kind of explore there um I think Revan's going to kind of go around like like you'd said with uh Juhani um maybe Candarus, um uh, you know kind of there through the Valley of the Kings and everyone else's is- uh kind of left back to help you know karth kind of deal with the situation of you know getting his son out of there as sort of sort of a mini kind of you know rescue mission uh conversion mission kind of a thing but uh Corban will be fun it'll be it'll be good to see you know somewhere that you know shrouded in, you know dark energy i guess
0: yeah for sure
1: Well, we found our last piece of the star map. We are on our way. Now, uh, before we, you know, carry on with the mission, uh, we might need to stop, uh, resupply, uh, you know, check on the health of the party, give the uh, Ebenhawk its new paint job. It's hard to say. Um, Now, in the Act 2 overview, you brought up the really good idea of, you know, are there maybe, like, other planets or locations we need to stop at on our way? You know, does that have something to do with the way you know, hyperspace travel is going at that time or, you know, just a way to introduce some new dangers and give the story a little bit of pacing. But, uh, the, the question I have here, we haven't been there yet. You have the option to go there in the game. If you want, it's a place we've been to before, but we've never really had the chance to explore and film too much. Uh, but Yavin four is a place you can stop and do all of those things. So, uh, Cassio, what do you think? Do we need to, do we need to swing by Yavin four in the film or, Uh, mention it or uh, what do you think about that
0: in act three uh no like yavin uh, i would say no to yavin in act three like i feel like it would be like in revenge of the sith like if uh obi-wan learned that anakin was darth vader and then he's like i know he's on mustafar Mm-hmm. But before we go there, i'm gonna go to Cloud City and uh handle some things, you know, so I would just see it like in act <laughs> three. I think it'd uh-huh. be a distraction uh too much to cover there's too much to cover in act three mm-hmm. um I think like the minute they have the the final part of the star map puzzle, they know exactly where they need to go. It's urgent lehan uh but I would say like if you want if you want Yavin to appear. Uh, I'd put it in the, uh, like, go Tatooine, and then while they're getting to Manon, maybe you could have Yavin in the middle, just so mm-hmm. it's it's broken up a bit, you know, and just so it's not just like... So there's a few more locations, I think, in uh, Act 2.
1: Okay. Um, now, I, actu- I actually think that it it would be a good place to stop. I think if you lean into the you have to, like, make a break to to turn to get to the Starforge. Like, you need a place to stop and refuel or whatever the case is. But I think it's a good way to kind of split up the party a little bit before we get to Lehan, right, to the unknown world. Uh, because I think when we get there, I want to have a, a little bit of a smaller party. So I think maybe uh, we stop briefly at Yavin 4 um, it, to basically, like I said, just kind of break up the party. You know, maybe a Kanderous mission, Zalbar be like, all right, we're going to we're going to go on to the Starforge. We'll give you the signal when we get there. You guys can follow us in. Um and then, you know, we'll we'll be ready because, you know, that you know, all of the Sith fleet is going to be there, so we're going to need a uh, little bit more firepower maybe than just the Ebonhawk. So I think I think it would be okay to make a quick stop if you if you plan to it, you know, not that they're uh not that they're stopping to, you know, have an overnight stay at Yavin because it's, you know, beautiful, but it's it's a place that they have to stop in order to, you know, make it the rest of the way to the Star Forge. Like I said, and I think that gives you an opportunity to maybe split the party up a little bit.
0: Yeah. I I can see where you're coming from, but for me, it's like, it's a, it's a no.
1: (laughs) It's a no. Okay. Well, that's well, that's fair. So so I'm I'm swinging by Yavin Four. I'm going to be late to the Star Forge uh, party, uh, but as it turns out, we're going to run into each other anyway because Star Forge has a big uh, kind of force field around it, and we're going to crash, and it's not going to be good. And we crash on a place called the Unknown World uh, slash Lehan slash. Rakata slash Rakata Prime it's uh, known by a whole lot of names but it's a pretty mysterious place so we we crash land on this place and we need to you know get this Mm -hmm. uh, shield that's protecting the Starforge we need to get that uh, turned off and we're going to encounter uh, an old friend there so uh, what do you think about Lehan in this what are what's kind of your vision for you know getting there and what it looks like when we get there
0: so I think it just needs one or two names or else people are just going to get confused. So
1: yeah, fair. maybe it
0: could just be called the old Rakadin home homeworld, you know, called Lehan, and then mm-hmm. that's it. Because if you have more than like six or, well, more than like two or three names, it just confuses <laughs> everyone, you yeah. know? But I kind of see like uh, Lehan when you first get there, maybe it could be Stormy. Okay. Um And then, like, when the choice is presented, um, it's kind of cloudy. And Astronautka Art just uh, released, like, an excellent postcard, you know, just in time for the 18th anniversary of Knights of the Old Republic. And uh, when we were collaborating on that postcard, I was kind of like, what if you kind of make it so, like, to represent the the moment where, like, Revan has to make the choice? There's a yin-yang cloud formation... In Attack of the Clones, uh, when Anakin is going to... when Right before, like, Anakin decides to leave Naboo to save his mom. And I was like, mm-hmm. if we can represent, like, the choice, like, in the sky, I-, I would like that, you know? So it's like, when you first land on Lehan, it's stormy, and then it's kind of cloudy. And then after the Star Forge is destroyed, it's kind of more of a paradise. So you kind of see all the different feelings an island or paradise can evoke so i kind of see it like like a an island that has all the different phases but Mm -hmm. um for the plot i kind of um have like the the characters examining a ruined and fallen empire it's not there's no threat there so much anymore but it's like you can kind of examine the consequences of the dark side and empires there. And then the Revan and pro- probably Jolie and Juhani are, are going to reunite with uh, Bastila at the top of the the temple.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for that scene, I kind of see it like uh, Anakin and Padme on Mustafar uh, and Kylo and Rey on Snoke's supremacy. like one's on the light one's on the dark it's just not gonna work out like and it's just like Basil is trying to rationalize to herself and Revan like the Jedi Council used us Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and who cares about Darth Malak we can off him and rule the galaxy together like that's what you did like I'm on this side now and I think Revan would be tempted like he has a new identity And he's short of himself, but he's tempted. He could just go back into his old role. Like, it's like wearing old clothes that you did give away, you know, or something. And it's like, I could just like slip these back on, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think he wants to help Basila, but perhaps going off with her is easier, but... He sees that if they were to rule the Sith Empire together, it would end in death for one of them, you know, probably, or, like, both of them, like, I think that's something that people don't realize about the dark side is, like, the dark side, like, ruins you, Mm. and that's why there's no happy relationships on that, like, where both people are on the dark side or one of them's on the dark side, like, it's not gonna work out, guys. Yeah. Um... But what do you see, like the plot kind of being?
1: Yeah, so I so we crash land in this place, and like you said, it's kind of a a varied environment, right? So we we crash. It's kind of on a beach, but then there are some kind of like lush, like jungle area kinds of things. And in the game you actually you know have to kind of go back and forth between you know the Rakatans, right? The like this you know ancient civilization to to get you know entry into this uh, temple to go in and you know take care of this shield generator or whatever it was um, I don't know that I, I see that but I do think maybe you have an encounter with the Rakatans at, at some point uh, kind of going through um, and they you know they recognize you they're kind of re- realize that you are very much a trouble the last time uh, you were through so it it takes a a little bit of convincing to get you through but I, I think that they're going to trust you like I said they're they're kind of ancient they know what's going on you have Jolie and Johani with you kind of going on on this mission while whoever else is, you know, kind of back at the Ebon Hawk. right? It's crash landed, it needs some some repairs, so it's, you know, a good way to, to be split up a little bit, but I think once we get to, you know, end of the temple and we're going through, you know, we're learning kind of some history as we're making our way through this thing about what the Starforge is and how it came to be and how it originally was activated um, by, you know, Revan and Malik, and, you know, now the Sith have kind of taken over this thing. Um, so I think that that's going to be really cool to, you know, see kind of get like a little like a couple of little history lessons, right? So on Corban first and then uh, now here to learn kind of about the birth of this uh, galaxy far, far away. So I think that that's going to be really cool. But um, I think that there's yeah. you know, definitely some good opportunities to focus on a couple of characters. Um, now, my film inspiration for this one um, I was I was trying to think of it. I couldn't think of a really good uh, movie, but when I you know sat and thought about how uh, Lehan you know feels when you are on the game, it reminds me a lot of the TV show Lost. Like it's kind of like this tropical paradise thing, but there is something like uh, some like undercurrent of not knowing what's going on there. Um, and that's kind of the the vibe I got. So so for my film inspiration, I guess, is a TV inspiration, and it's lost. Uh, what about you? Do you have any kind of film inspirations or things that you lean on for uh, this one?
0: I guess for me, like the the one film inspiration I had is the moment from Attack of the Clones that I mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, I do have an inspiration. It's not really film, though. I don't know if you've ever seen the paintings by Thomas Cole. He did a a series of paintings called The Course of Empire. Uh, Okay. So it goes from the savage state, it's kind of like just nature, and then the Arcadian or pastoral state, it's like you have some settlements, but it's mostly nature. But Mm -hmm. then it moves to the consummation, which is kind of like kind of just extravagant, like huge city, like kind of no nature, it's just extravagance, you know? And then there is the destruction... And then that's when you kind of see like all these massive like statues like kind of falling. There's just battles in the background. It's just the fall of everything that mm-hmm. was once like great, you know. And then after that, it's just like the ruins uh, in the desolation. And for me, like I I kind of see like maybe the history of the Rakadin Empire. It's kind of an allegory, I think, for like becoming powerful in the force and then like turning to the dark side and like what it brings to the galaxy and like the the force user so Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of like a warning about the dark side so if you can kind of like have the art the cat and art and like kind of maybe like show like what happened to them it it doesn't mean it has to be like a powerpoint and we have to get like (laughs) right everything but if you can kind of just get some visuals and kind of like show it visually that would be cool, and uh, I think like y- the feeling you get on Lehan is just kind of like it was a great empire, but now it's it's gone. And I also like the Pompeii song by Best So oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That <that's laughs> those a good are my one. inspirations.
1: Yeah, those are good inspirations. I just I just pulled up that artwork, and yeah, that um that's a really cool kind of kind of series of things, and I could see where you'd uh get some inspiration for that, for this section, mm-hmm. definitely. So you'd mentioned kind of the confrontation with uh, Bastila, you know, at this temple, and I had uh, kind of some thoughts like that. So I'd mentioned, you know, that Juhani and Jolie, um, at least for me, I think those are kind of going to be the ones that go in there with you. I That's who most people will probably take in the game because you have to, you know, take the, take the Jedi with you. But um, I think that it's going to give us a good opportunity for uh, Juhani and Jolie's um, kind of relationship and, you know, friendship and mentorship to kind of, you know, blossom through this, you know, kind of each, you know, going back and forth, talking about, you know, the failures and the mistakes that they've made. And Jolie, you know, really sort of relishing in this role as, you know, being a mentor and kind of, you know, in the background of those two talking, it's also serving as kind of a a good lesson for Revan, right? You know, I, you know, I'd mentioned it on Corban. He's he's still kind of reeling about, you know, his own journey um and you know we're building up to this you know kind of confrontation with Bastila and and Malik and and all that stuff. So I think he's kind of taking lessons from it too although they're not being given directly to him. I think that that's kind of an interesting way for him to learn a little bit more about himself and you know uh, kind of you know getting over and forgiving himself and that and then obviously the other one here is we get to see dark side Bastila and all of her glory. So I think um in the temple. Um in the game you kinda meet on the on the roof, maybe uh maybe that still happens, or maybe you meet kinda down inside somewhere in a room. But I think that we're going oh, to no, see... Oh no 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 no.
0: <laughs> I think like you need to like have like the whole be able to see like the lighting and the world around it and like just kinda get the whole visuals rather than like a dank like random room. But maybe that's just me like okay. being like, Nope, visuals <laughs>
1: Well, so I agree. It probably it probably should happen on happen on the, the roof for sure. But I think that her and Revan are going to be kind of isolated up there. It's just going to be yeah. kind of the two of them. Uh, they're having kind of a conversation and she's, you know, basically trying to seduce Revan to come join her on on the dark side. And uh, she's making some pretty compelling arguments, especially to Revan. You know, he's been down that path before and you're kind of left unknowing. Uh you know, where he's kind of leaning on this thing. Um, and then maybe, you know, after, you know, some back and forth on this, you know, a little bit of, you know, the questioning what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe about that time. That's when, you know, uh, Julie and Juhani kind of come in. Um, you know, maybe, uh, they have sort of a a little bit of a quick fight with Juhani, meaning that you know Bastila just uses the Force to like throw her up against a wall, and that's not really much of a fight. But maybe there's a little bit of a of a confrontation there. But yeah, like you said, kind of the the ultimate thing that we want to see here is we want to see Revan and Dark Side Bastila, you know, with all of Lehan in the distance behind them on top of this roof.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of see Revan being isolated at first, and then him running into Bastila, kind of like not believing it like i definitely think like basil is going to try to get revan on her side um like the game kind of makes it so she's really just angry uh Mm -hmm. and kind of seductive i kind of see maybe that's just a little bit of like the writers being like how would this character who is a female you know like act in this thing and what is our fantasy you know and it's like "Eh, maybe let's make this a little bit more realistic you know kind of like more Mm -hmm. true to the character even though she's on the dark side. But I think, like, it's going to be, like, it's going to come clear to and like, Bastila's on the dark side, and it's like, it doesn't have to be like this. And then, like, Jolie and Juhani are going to be there. And then, like, in my mind, uh, Juhani and Bastila are are more, like, friends because they're contemporaries who were trained on Dantwane. And Mm -hmm. then, like, they're going to try to help Bastila, But, like, maybe, like, the help she needs right then, she's just kind of annoyed with, like, ugh, is this an intervention? Like, and, like... (laughs) Right. I think Bastila kind of has the element of surprise, and, like, she's kind of just discovered the dark side, and she is pretty powerful, you know? So, like, she's going to be fighting against three people who don't really want to harm her. So she has the element of surprise on her side, and, like, she's going to, like, wipe the floor with them. And then... Yeah, so they're going to be like, well, that happened, you know. <laughs> um, right. She's on the dark side. That's great. I mean, I think, like, Jolie is kind of wise enough to to kind of be like, this is going to happen. And then, like, I, I think, like, just Juhani and Revan would be expecting the best of their friend. It- mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like maybe, like, the person in your friend group who, like, isn't as emotionally invested in, like, a certain outcome and can kind of just see the whole picture. And then some friends are like, no, like, even though this friend always bails, you know, like, they're going to come through and, like, like they said, and come with us to the concert, you know. And, like, <laughs> right. this one friend is <laughs> like, well, actually, hate to break it to you, but they're going to bail on you and not come to the concert. And then it happens and you're they're like, what? You know, what? so
1: what happened yeah. But yeah i think that's um for me you you mentioned it there that you know basil and juhani you know probably you know were friends trained together and stuff and i think that's that's why it's it's impactful to see her you know kind of just dispatch of juhani without much effort right and that's that's kind mm-hmm. of emotionally devastating to to juhani and juhani's kind of seeing you know what her path would have been had she you know continued down down the dark side, but I actually in my head I don't see Revan and Bastila like uh, clashing lightsabers. Now I don't know. I've been I've been trying to figure out how like they get interrupted to where where that doesn't happen. But I don't think that we actually have a fight with them uh, right now. Um, do you see them? Do you see them fighting? And I guess um, how do you see? uh kind of this section ending right so in the game i think Bastila basically flees right after you have uh kind of a little bit of a fight with her there but how do you think in a in a film it makes the most sense to kind of get out of this situation for you know Bastila and you know Revan and crew
0: I mean i kind of see them fighting but Revan would kind of just be i think like the the team light side would just be kind of like fighting in defense and trying to get back like trying to make headway like with basila but basila is just not listening and uh, i don't think she like basila intended to kill them or anything but like i kind of think like she could just kind of like force push them into the wall or something Mm -hmm. and just kind of make a getaway like she's not gonna kill them because I think they just mean too much to her but like she's just gonna get away so I think like maybe like they're they're kind of shaken you know but but Bastila got away um mm-hmm. I think like you can't like you can't like be like oh Revan and Bastila can't fight at all because I mean like Kylo and Ray they they fight you know in the Secret mm-hmm. trilogy some people had problems with that but I'm like it's a galaxy far, far away, and they're both at war. They're on different sides. Like, not everything in a Star Wars film is literally one-for-one one in the real world with, like, real-world, like, consequences. It's more of a symbolic story. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, we kind of are in a l- very literal generation, but I'm like, it's a symbolic story. The Force doesn't exist. I hate to break it to you. Like, So, like, <laughs> I just kind of see it as, like, a, a symbolic story, you know, like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. you just interpret it as poetry and not prose so
1: yeah yeah i definitely understand that and i think that they do need to fight um and and for me that's that's coming here shortly but i think right now i think that they get interrupted before they actually start like an actual physical battle so maybe they both kind of you know ignite their lightsabers and uh, make a move at one another but something happens i don't know if maybe you know they get the uh, Ebon Hawk up and running and, you know, are, are flying overhead and that, you know, kind of forces Bastila to, you know, kind of hightail it out of there so she can beat everyone, you know, back to the Star Forge or um, so- something happens that's going to stop them from actually fighting, I think, right here. And uh, I think we're just going to have to kind of wait for that, for me at least, until we get onto the onto the Star Forge, which is where we're headed next.
0: yeah. And for me, I think I already mentioned that the Star Forge should be bronze because it could just be a detail that like five people would get, but it's like with Greek mythology, they have Bronze Age, Silver Age, Gold Age, Stone Age. Actually, the Stone Age might just be me uh, talking about history, but like they -hmm. just kind of have different ages represented by different metals. And I'm like, rather than just like, gray you know metal that we see the death star Mm -hmm. created in visually why don't you make it a different color at least so it's a different color of lego set you know and it could be bronze and it could look cool with the sun you know shining on bronze you know Mm -hmm.
1: i think that would be awesome to do like like a bronze or to have it be like copper finished and I know or gold, yeah, that would be that would be really cool. I I see kind of like that like that patina that like copper gets when it turns green. I don't know how that would work in space. It probably wouldn't, but yeah, some some sort of like
0: maybe when it you know, gets destroyed it could turn green.
1: Like, oh yeah, there you go. But yeah, I like having yeah. it gilded, you know, kind of in some sort of you know, not necessarily a precious metal, but having that appearance I think would be really cool.
0: Yeah. And like for me the plot of the Starforge it, it's like the fate of Revan Bastla Karth. Darth Malak and the galaxy are revealed. And one thing while I was writing all these notes together over the podcast, this has nothing to do with the plot, but it's just like me noticing things. It's like, Mm -hmm. Karth is very similar to Darth and Kareth. And I'm like, could someone just have like come up with other things? Like, you know, like different names, but it's like Darth Malak and Saul Kareth, no Karth. And it's like, oh my gosh, like. Yeah, It's a lot of A-R-T-H, but whatever. <laughs> so, like, the fates of Revan, Bastila, Karth, Darth Malak, and the galaxy are revealed. And uh, I'd love to avoid Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker parallels, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: it is kind of hard when it's, like, Star Wars, it's kind of, like, built on, like, a hero rising going on a journey and then like there's a final battle between a jedi and a sith and then right something blows up you know <laughs>
1: so aboard a super weapon
0: aboard a super weapon in the stars and yeah,
1: yeah see it's it's funny you say that because yeah i mean you you can't avoid those parallels so for like my inspirations i had just like the end of all the star wars films just <laughs> just kind of mishmash i think you have to you have to be careful to give it a little bit of a different feel but yeah cuz otherwise it's just going to feel you know exactly the same retreaded but i think that there are some ways to kind of get around that so uh yeah. so what do we have going on at the the star forge right it's the final confrontation there's the big space battle outside you have the sith fleet you have the republic fleet um you have you know some of the characters are inside you know engaging in battle with you know other you know, Sith warriors, uh, machinery, all sorts of things uh, there. Um, one of the things that I would like to see is that the Ebon Hawk actually just goes and parks on board the Star oh, Forge. Really? It's, it's not involved in the space battle because I think as awesome as that would be to see, and I think we could probably work in a lot of good space battles for the Ebon Hawk. If you have the Ebon Hawk out there flying around with Karth and you're like, oh, it's Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon, except it's uh, the Ebon Hawk. So, so Han just Solo's the-
0: ruining this, <laughs> so, darn it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So it uh, ruined it again. But um yeah, so I think actually it's it just goes and, you know, is is on the Starforge just just so we get away from kind of that, you know, same exact parallel. Maybe, you know, as we're fleeing, we get some really good space action because, you know, that whole Sith fleet's not going to be completely gone by the time we're, you know, making a break for the door. And what else do we have there? Bastil is there. We need to redeem her. We need to confront Malak. Uh, you know, just, just is going on. The whole party is together, and and we need to go. There's, there's so much going on on the Star Forge, just like lots of lots of layers of things. Um so that'll that'll be fun and it would be fun to, you know, kind of put all these pieces and choreograph it. So I I guess we we get to the Starforge, who who do you think is, you know, going to the Starforge? Is it, you know, is it the same 3 that we just had on Lehan or, you know, is the whole team going to be on board? Do you have any kind of ideas on how we break up this party a little bit or
0: Okay. So what I visualize happening is that the Republic Forces uh, Mandos and the mm-hmm. Ebon Hawk crew are fighting the Sith forces? Um, okay. In my mind, Karth was going to fly the Ebon Hawk. Um, and I mean, like, maybe he doesn't have to be flying it the whole time. Maybe it kind of breaks it up so you get some space action, but like, he comes back at the mm-hmm. end, you know? Um, because I kind of want him to have a moment where he has to learn to trust, you know, it's like, I could see him, like, being able to take a direct hit, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. on the window, the, the place where Bastila is, but then, like, because he had met up with Dustil, he's like, maybe Bastila is on the dark side, like, I could take her out, you know, but maybe there's a chance that Revan can reach her and her story's not done yet. So he has to... It's kind of like him coming to terms with, like, he can take someone off the map, you know, but, like, maybe it wouldn't be right and, like, someone can be redeemed, you know? Yeah. So that's that's why I would want him flying the Ebon Hawk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I would see Mission and Big Z in space with, like, some Mando space forces, but... I kind of just want to give like Canderous a bit more of a role and like mm-hmm. kind of incorporate the Mandalorians. So it's kind of just like the Mandalorian wars are coming a bit full circle and Candras has more of an arc, you know, and then I would see Candras, Jolie and Juhani and HK and T3 on the Star Forge, or maybe, like, T3 could be on the Ebon Hawk or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I see happening. One question I had for you is, should Bastila and Malak be in the same area, or is that way too similar to Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker?
1: Yeah, no. So I actually have them uh, being uh, in separate places, you know, just, just how it would be. In the game, but I actually kind of flipped the script on it a little bit. So, um, for me, uh, let me know what you what you think about this idea, right? So, uh, Malik has kind of been the the big bad of this whole thing, um, but I'm but I'm wondering if it would be possible and impactful and make sense if Revan and Malik had their confrontation first, and then Revan had his confrontation in his big battle with Bastila. After Malik's kind of dispatched of, so I think, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing it in my head as you know, Revan goes and kind of you know offers redemption to Malik, but you know Malik's kind of too far gone. Um, he's too power hungry. He thinks he's you know too powerful for Revan, um, but you know they're. They're going to have the battle, and that's obviously not the case. You know, Revan's rediscovered himself. He's discovered how powerful he is. And, you know, in a way, it kind of backfired on Malik his grand plan to, you know, cripple, you know, Revan and Bastila and, you know, kind of bring this, you know, party, you know, to their knees with this, you know, the reveal, um, you know, has kind of worked against him, right? It basically let Revan know, you know, just exactly who he was and what he was capable with. So uh, he kind of goes in. Um, they have a little bit of a struggle, but you know, he takes care of Malik and then that leaves Bastila and she's there. She's using her force meditation somewhere else on board. Maybe that's kind of in like a, a big, I don't know, like a war room kind of a, a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and she's there and they have, they have their confrontation and that's where they have their big, epic, uh, lightsaber duel, uh, battling kind of for the salvation of one another on board so that's that's kind of my thoughts what do you think about that like you know kind of flipping it around and you know uh taking care of malik first and and then Bastila. does that make any sense or do you think it should play out the other way or
0: i can definitely see where you're coming from it is kind of hard like i mean it makes sense in a video game to like have one and then another in a Mm -hmm. movie it is hard to like kind of have one after another which is why i would like actually writing a script and editing it it's like oh crap like what are we gonna do now like ugh. yeah like even though we're kind of sort of you know like proposing the trilogy i'm kind of like mm-hmm. ah, and then epic space things happen the end uh, you know like <laughs> the end um, <laughs>
2: right
0: i think like it is good to have bastel and malik be separate
2: mm-hmm
0: but I kinda I think I lean more towards like Bastila first and then Malik. Uh, I'm trying to remember the reference I was gonna have uh, for Revan and Malik, but I'll I'll just kinda see where kind of explain where I'm coming from. But like mm-hmm. I think like Bastila and Revan, like the battle will kinda be like the heart of this whole trilogy. You know, it's it's the relationship you should care about. Um, but I think he's going to spare her, and then she's going to say, like, you have to fight Malak, uh, but to save the Republic, I'm going to use my battle meditation, and uh, I'll help the Republic that way. You fight Malik, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You're already Revan, you know? This might be a couple future postcards, but where Revan kind of goes off to fight Malak. Like, I think Revan will try to reach Malak, but Malak's just not going to be receptive. It's going to be more of a physical lightsaber battle, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of more like maybe like Odysseus coming home and like fighting the suitors in the palace. It's like, this is like Odysseus at the top of his game. Malik's just not going to have it in this, in this fight. And then Bastila, it's kind of more of a spiritual aligning herself with the force kind of victory. It's not like a physical lightsaber fight, but it's like, um, it's not passive, but it's kind of like, I think she's finally going to, unlock the avatar state just kidding she's gonna lock like the truest form of battle meditation and like so it's kind of like the two halves of the dyad one it's kind of like more of a physical fight like Revan versus Malik, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: Bastila kind of like aligning herself with the force and like Revan is kind of like it's more like a one-on-one thing and then like with Bastila it's kind of like she's becoming part of like the force, you know, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think she's finally going to understand kind of seeing the whole big picture, you know, like the whole Republic army, you know, and like, so it's kind of like, that's how you kind of get two halves of the the same battle kind of happening at once. So that's why I kind of want it to be Bastila and then Malik. but mm-hmm. I, it is so hard to kind of plot this all out And not have it seem like return of the Jedi or rise of Skywalker. And like, how do you have like the emotional moments pay off when it's like one after another, like Mm -hmm. it would be really hard. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It would be tricky for sure. But yeah, it'd be really great. Yeah. To see kind of how, you know, she's embracing this kind of full, uh, force power and what, what it would take for Revan to kind of break through, uh, you know her her abilities and, and reach her, and you know what that redemption is going to look like ultimately, uh, in the end, uh, for yeah. sure. So, um, and f- as far as you know, kind of everyone else on board, um, I think I would really like to see kind of every all the characters maybe kind of on the Starforge and flee together so we get the entire party back on the Ebon Hawk, you know, kind of one last time, um, as we're you know after we've taken care of Malik and gotten this thing uh destroyed and we're heading out did you have any kind of um other thoughts about you know characters that we have you kind of ran through the through the list of them there but um maybe just what you know leaving leaving the starforge looks like after we after we get these uh two you know confrontations we've been building for this whole time out of the way
0: so some character focuses, like I would just like to see Karth spare Bastila. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of just make the choice to let someone make the choice to become better. Um and then Revan and Bastila, like that kind of has to be the the whole focal point of this trilogy, I think. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: because then you kind of see like two people kind of follow the dark side, but they're kind of like through the bond, kind of like able to become better. It's right. It's just a good story, you know? Um, and then I would just say the Ebon Hawk crew gets its time to shine. Maybe everyone can have a hallway scene. I kind of don't want Revan to have a hallway scene on the Starforge just because mm-hmm. I'm here to not give fans <laughs> what they want, you know? Yeah. And like make it more about the story. <laughs> But,
2: okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then Malik gets to be awesome and die. Uh like
2: mm-hmm.
0: let him be like an ultimate villain, you know. Uh and then like at the end he kinda has some uh a moment of clarity, you know, where he kinda sees mm-hmm. like where it all went wrong and he he's able to kind of see the whole picture. But I think he just wasn't capable of what Revan was capable of. Um and, like, that's what I liked uh, in our episodes with uh, 100% Star Wars is, like, just talking about Malik, like, yep. there's some nuggets, you know, like, as much as I'm like, oh, this jaw is so stupid, you know,
1: like, <laughs> right.
0: there's some nuggets, there's some redemptive character, uh, character beats that kind of make it cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be good to see, yeah, not necessarily his redemption, but to see his of regret right once he realizes you know that it's that it's too late and you know the the things that the path that he's been down and and that kind of stuff yeah that would be interesting for sure
0: yeah um and my film inspiration guess what it is
1: uh, uh, no i don't know
0: i said nothing let it be its own thing
1: you know <laughs> oh there you go so. okay
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's definitely fair um i I'd kind of mentioned you know it's it's just like a mishmash of kind of all of the the endings of other Star wars films, you know, just because the the parallels and the comparisons are are definitely there but yeah def- let it be its own thing I mean it can have kind of the the weighted you know feelings of you know return of the jedi but yeah let it let it be its own thing let it feel a little bit different and like I said, it's maybe it's partially about redemption um, for Bastila and it's partially about regret. And it's, you know, it's just kind of this, you know, collapsing exhaustion for this group of people who have been across the stars to, you know, see this task completed, right. That was just kind of, you know, some, some were tasked with it, like, you know, Bastila and Revan and Garth, but, you know, everyone else just kind of joined up along, along the way on this uh, journey that they're going on. So I think just kind of a, Big uh, relief for you know for our team and for the for the galaxy at large. So
0: I just realized how to make the visual of the destruction of the Starforge different from all the other movies. Okay. Like when the the Starforge is destroyed, it doesn't blow up. But you know how like it kind of siphons its energy from a sun? Mm-hmm as the the star forge like loses its power it sinks and it's pulled into the sun oh okay so it bursts into flames like it's not an explosion but it's kind of like it sinks and then it's just kind of overpowered mm-hmm. by the light which could be a fun visual metaphor you know yep. and oh, yeah. that would yeah. be cool
1: it, and it would look great with the uh with the bronze or with the you know gold or turning. whatever Maybe yeah.
0: green and then white, you know, like it's being it's hot, you know.
1: So yeah, as it as it just uh, heats up like this uh, precious metal. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, um, yeah. I would be in for I would be in for that. So if that's what's happening to the Star Forge, what what happens to everyone else? How do they? They all die. How do they, so it means how do something. they get out of there? No, just kidding. Oh. Well, okay, <laughs> R- kidding. Rogue One ending. Okay, that should have been your film uh, inspiration then. I guess no. Okay, I'm, I'm, so- I'm, I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> everyone lives. Um, I know I should like. Probably be like, t- for it to mean something, someone has to die. But I'm like, they all live. So, yeah. They're. The only person that dies is Malik. Like, I'm kind of against like deaths happening just to make it seem more real. Cause I'm like, it's Star yeah. Wars, it's a fairy tale. um They don't die in the game. And like, some of these characters have like stories that could continue if things were gonna go. And mm-hmm. progress like you know like with KOTOR 2 or whatever that is but like they don't need to die like they kind of have moments that represent death you know falling to the dark side but they don't need to die because I don't want them to so they're not going to so it's a good yeah. it's a good plan but um, how I would end the film is like Fandar's speech like where it talks about like Revan being like a knight of the older public, you know. The mm-hmm. whole crew gets gets to kind of shine. But I don't think I would end just with that. There I'd mm-hmm. have a little denouement, you know, because I can. And then I would yeah. kind of let the trio have a moment. Uh Karth goes off with Dustal, you know, and then mm-hmm. it kind of focuses on Revan and Mastala. like and maybe they just like uh, are on Lehan and sit by the beach and watch the sunset, you know, like,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe they're staring at the sun and rather than just like, wow, it's BB eight and Ray and they're alone. You know, like it's kind of like, it's the, the force dyad, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. together and the Jedi literally can't separate them. Like they're together again. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I I like that. And I, I kind of have a uh, kind of kind of similar. So they have like some sort of like award ceremony, kind of kind of thing. At least you know acknowledge you know this uh, this team of you know individuals that kind of came together and uh, saved the galaxy on this quest. But then you know everyone's kind of back on board the Ebon Hawk, and we get to say like our individual goodbyes as everyone's kind of you know disembarking right Mission and Z or you know going back to Kashik and. You know, kind everyone's you know going their their own separate ways, and you're left kind of with the trio are the last ones on board. And um, I think maybe you have like Karth, uh, drop off uh, Bastel and Revan. Uh You went with uh, Lehan. I'm having him take them to uh, Coruscant. Um, and that's kind of where he drops them off, and they're there to kind of start their life together as we see Coruscant. You know, it's still a huge uh, city planet, but maybe we see, I don't remember the name of the mountain from the High Republic, but maybe we see more of that kind of in the distance, right? We're still building up the layers, and, you know, Carr says he's, you know, off. He needs to go, you know, repair his relationship, or, you know, he still has time to begin a relationship with uh, his son, so he leaves, and we kind of get the end uh, similar similar to you, right? Sitting on a beach, but I, you know, I have him kind of on this, you know, big cityscape of uh, Coruscant. But yeah, doing kind of the same thing, and we end with uh, just the uh, two, the original dyad, and then that kind of it kind of leaves it, you know, open ended enough where whatever comes next for you know Revan and Bastila is ready to go.
0: Yeah, like just let. Star Wars have a happy ending for once. Like, it doesn't mean that there can't be a continuation of the story. But I'm like, for as as many Star Wars movies as there are, I'm like, there's not really a lot of permanent happy endings. And it's not like I'm saying, like, uh, everything needs to happen exactly the way people want it to all the time with no bad things ever happening. I'm like, no, like... I'm just saying, like, if Star Wars is a fairy tale, it doesn't mean it has to be like a like a happy Disneyland parade all the time. But it's like Mm kind of like you have to give people bits of hope, you know, rather than just saying, like, everything you love will die and you just have to deal with it because that's what life is. Like, you know, like it's a fairy tale, like you can teach people what the world is going to be like, but like the life is hard, like you have to give people hope, too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah. So that's how, that's how we would end it. Cassia, do you have any closing thoughts on how you think our act three kind of overview of the film is going to look anything else that, that needs mentioning or any other things that, you know, we really want to make sure we see in this thing.
0: I feel like I kind of stated everything that I I kind of wished for, but it's funny, like kind of just talking through like all of these acts you know like this trilogy like a lot I started with a plan but and like for the most part the the plan stayed the same but like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I was kind of able to kind of like see this non-existent film you know and like kind of come up with like different moments like it's just kind of fun like uh to kind of talk through these things like yeah
1: yeah definitely it's same as you, right. You have kind of an idea of what you think it's going to look like, you know, but as you know, we've had conversations and we've had some really good guests on to have conversations about different, you know, parts of, you know, these films and these characters and, you know, some fan casts and, and stuff. And it just kind of makes you think about how things would look and play out on film a little bit differently. And, you know, you can, you can change your mind about some things and that's good. And yeah, I just think it was a lot of fun uh, going through this with you. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up here for, you know, act three in terms of the film. Now we're going to be back because we want to talk a little bit more about the character arcs in this third film and kind of, you know, of the trilogy as a whole a little bit. But, uh yeah, let us know what you think about the titles, if you have anything you would like to see in an act three of an adaptation. And we'll see everyone next time. May the force be with you.
0: And you can find us on Instagram at Eben Hawk Podcast.
1: And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at astro underscore droid underscore. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. The Ebonhawk can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out.
0: Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shoreman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Evan Hawk podcast has been brought to you by Nicky Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.